This is Rory Fry, and you're listening to the Reformed and Recovered Podcast, where recovery and theology mix. To turn away from you is to fall, to turn towards you is to rise, and to stand before you is to abide forever. Grant us, dear God, in all our duties your help, in all our uncertainties your guidance, in all our dangers your protection, and in all our sorrows your peace, through Christ Jesus our Lord. And that prayer is attributed to St. Augustine. So let me give you guys a verse here, and we're not going to really deal with it, we're just going to it's a good verse when it comes to this step. And this is Romans 12, 1 out of the Good News Translation, which is not the typical version that I use, but I think it, I think it says this well and in a way that kind of captures the general recovery theme. So this is Romans 12, 1. So then, my friends, because of God's great mercy to us, I appeal to you, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service, and pleasing to him. So let me read that again. Romans 12, 1. So then, my friends, because of God's great mercy to us, I appeal to you, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service and pleasing to him. So here's some opening remarks, and then I'm going to get into personal experience and have a closing appeal. Like I said, this shouldn't take more than 15 minutes. So... Students of 12-step recovery, right, are more than familiar with the third step of the recovery process. If you've been around any amount of time, you've, you've heard about the third step. You've heard about the fourth step, you've heard about the third step. You hear it read at every, any 12-step meeting you go to, you hear the 12 steps read every time. Um, but for those who are unfamiliar with the 12 steps, the third step reads, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Again, it's made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. That's AA's rendering of that, the original rendering. There's other versions, but that was from AA. So I'd say that upon reading these words, one can't help but consider the topic of surrender or maybe submitting to the will of God. It's not uncommon to hear people in the recovery circles to... Uh, refer to the third step as a surrender step or some people will call it an action step they're all action steps but surrender step action step or maybe a decision step you're making a decision right there they're getting that from from that first phrase made a decision so it's an action step or a surrender step or a, a decision step so basically through working step three one makes a conscious decision they give their life over to the care of God. So they turn their will, right? It says, made a decision to turn our will and our lives. So there's a decision to turn the will, which I would say is the thoughts, right? I think we could say that, to, to turn our thoughts and our life, our life being our actions, right? So we turn the internal, the external over to God, over to the care of God. 
And uh, we do so because we've, we've made a mess of our own lives. <laughs> Simply put, we do that because we've made a mess of our own lives and we recognize this fact. Okay? So we turn our life over to, the, over to the one who can direct our lives successfully. We turn our lives over to all-powerful God, right? All-powerless man turns his will over to all-powerful God. A quick little testimony, but my life before recovery, obviously it wasn't great. It wasn't going well. It wasn't going good, right? I, uh, I didn't have a job. I couldn't, and I couldn't keep the ones I got. When I would get one, I couldn't keep them. I was immature, combative, still am sometimes, a lot of the times. <laughs> Although I wasn't using hard drugs when I finally got clean and sober, I would binge drink. I was still binge drinking. So if I had one drink, that meant that I would have a hundred, right? I didn't drink every day, but if I had one, I would have a hundred. And when I would drink, I didn't know what would happen. Sometimes things would go well, but sometimes the night ended in quarrels or crimes. Point being that I could not control my drinking. And even more so, I could not manage my life. I could not manage my own life. I needed to grow up and surrender. So upon entering recovery, I worked the step. I worked that step. And I've, I've worked it many times and I, and I continue to work it. That's actually right where I'm at right now, going through an NA, the NA book with a friend and on the third step. So that's right where I'm at, working this stuff again. And uh, I do this because I know that I'll never get to a place where I don't need to surrender. I frequently mismanage my own life. And the longer I, I stay in recovery, the more I realize this. <laughs> the longer I stay in recovery, the more I realize how bad I mismanage my own life. So I strive to give my life to God, over to God every day. And I fail it as often, but it's a daily goal. You know, we're talking about all this. We want, we want to talk about willingness also because, you know, with step three, it's important to mention this topic of willingness. It's a popular topic in recovery. And uh, I say that because I don't believe that any of us ever surrender perfectly. I don't care if you've been sober for 35 years or 35 seconds. I don't believe any of us will ever surrender perfectly. And this is a lifelong process. It's something to grow into, which I believe is why willingness is so important because willingness is to continually surrender. It's to strive to remain willing because we're not always willing, but it's strive to remain willing and to remain in recovery um, come hell or high water. In recovery, we're making the attempt to the best of our abilities to pursue the will of God over ours because we know where our will has gotten us. So willingness, surrender, that's all the kind of stuff that comes up with this step. And it's a daily thing, it's something to grow into. So in working step three, right, get back to it. So in working step three, we surrender our will, all right, our thoughts and our life, our actions over to the care of God, right? We surrender to the care of God. Now, when I hear the phrase, the care of God, I think of God's provision. I think of God's protection. I think about the grace and mercy in God. I think about the satisfaction and peace that God grants. So to surrender is to embrace this care, it's to entrust yourself to this care. It is to turn from yourself, like we were just saying, it's to turn from ego or turn from self to God. 
It is to turn from the one who consistently mismanages our lives, right? To turn from ourselves and to turn to the one who faithfully governs all things. We're giving ourselves over to God. We mismanage our lives, so we give our lives over to God who never mismanages anything. And in Romans 12, 1, we're commanded to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. So in simple terms, this verse commands us to surrender to God. Commands us to surrender to God. Give yourself as a living sacrifice. It's a nice religious or fancy way of saying that. But it's commanding us to surrender to God. But we'll see that it says, So then, my friends, because of God's great mercy to us. Because of God's great mercy. So it tells us something important here. Here's a little theological tie-in. Uh, so it commands us to surrender to God or give our lives over as a living sacrifice to God. But we don't do this through self-effort. We don't do this through self-will. We surrender because of the mercy of God. And that's what the first 11 chapters of Roman are really going over is what this grace and mercy of God looks like. So we surrender in light of the mercy and grace of God and because of the mercy and grace of God. Because without the mercy of God, none of us would surrender Without the grace of God, none of us would surrender. We would just, we would just continue down the path of self-destruction. We would not entrust ourselves or trust the care of God. And we would continue down the path of self-destruction. It's the mercy of God which empowers us to live for God. And it's the mercy of God which causes us to surrender to God. You can see Romans 2, 4, it's the kindness, the mercy the grace of God leads us to repentance. I would say that's active. So Titus 3, 3, 4, here's a verse I appeal to a lot, which is kind of like a life verse or a verse that I think summarizes all this nicely. It says, at one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deslaved, and or deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. So I like that. You see that? You see yourself there? <laughs> I certainly do. But when the kindness and love of our Savior appeared, he saved us because of his mercy. Okay? He saved us because of his mercy. Not anything we had done, not self-will, not self-effort, but he saves us because of grace and because of mercy. So we can turn from disobedience, deception, enslavement to all kinds of passions and pleasures. And that's talking about like a religious enslavement. It's talking about doing religious service to ourselves, to our various passions and pleasures. And it's the grace and mercy of God which saves us from that and enables us to turn away from that. Because of the mercy. So I always go back to that, because of the mercy. So that's just kind of a little bit of a blurb kind of about some of the stuff of the specifics of the step. But let me, let me give you a personal experience here. Um, kind of talking about the first time I formally worked, worked the step. Because like I said, I've done it a few times. If you've been around for any amount of times, you've done it a few times. I mean, we do it all, every day, right? But um, this is my initial personal experience. So I still remember the first time I worked the third step. Okay, it was a Friday night. It's actually a rainy Friday night. A friend and I had walked in the rain to an AA meeting 
from the light rail station now over and anyone who's familiar with Campbell, California, the light rail station over there on, on Winchester and Bud, we walked from there over to Cornerstone Fellowship Group, which is over there by the Perk Ponds over off, um, oh, I forget the street. But anyways, so we walked from the light rail um, over to that meeting. And I'm, I've made that walk a bunch of times, right? Uh, but that was, that was the first time I think I'd ever made that walk. So when we finally got to the meeting that evening, there weren't many people in attendance, maybe like maybe 10 people, and that might be a high estimation. And just there wasn't a lot of people at that meeting at that time, because this is almost, that's almost 10 years ago. Um, Cornerstone Fellowship was very small, very small back then. Before the COVID shutdowns, you go there on a 6 p.m. night or an 8 p.m., standing room only. But 10 or so years ago, nine years ago, there was plenty of seating. <laughs> so my friend and I grabbed some, right, we grabbed some jet fuel strength coffee, right? You got to have the coffee at the meeting, you know. If you go to the meetings, you know how strong that stuff is. Keeps you up all night, sweaty, grinding your teeth. <laughs> It's like, like they could fuel jets with. So we grabbed that and we took our seats in the back row. <laughs> and the meeting host started the meeting. And after a few minutes, they went through all the formalities, the readings and all that stuff. The meeting was handed over to the, uh, over to the speaker. And they were asked to give their recovery testimony. And they did so. And, uh, you know, I think it was a pretty good testimony. So after the meeting was done, we all went up there, talked, and the meeting was over. I struck up a conversation with the speaker, and I told him that I was having a hard time finding a, like, like a reliable mentor. I had someone, but it was, they were kind of unreliable for whatever reasons. And uh, he asked if I wanted him to be, if, if you know, he asked if he could mentor me or whatever. And I said, sure. I'm saying mentor, if you're in 12-step recovery, it's a you know, you know the term sponsor, but I'm trying to use a more generic term here for people who aren't so um, familiar with the uh, recovery lingo or the re recoveries. <laughs> so I said, yeah, sure. And I'll never forget what happened next. <laughs> he looked me in the face and said, are you powerless over drugs and alcohol? I said, yeah. I was at the AA meeting. I wasn't there for fun. <laughs> then he asked me, do you believe that God can restore you to sanity? And I said, yes. So after this, he asked me to get on my hand or get on my knees, hold his hands, close my eyes and repeat the following prayer. Now this is, this is common. Um, people, you know, get down on their, their hands and knee, um, they get down on their knees and hold hands with their sponsor or mentor. And they'll say the following prayer which was the AA's third step prayer. It was, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. And take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. So once we said, amen, he told me to get a notebook and call him in a day or two. And I did that, and the rest is the rest is history. <laughs> so let me explain this a little bit. I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I had just worked the first three steps in about thirty seconds. Not common in AA; you go through them pretty quick. Uh, NA, it's like a hundred-page workbook. 
we've been doing the doing the steps ever almost ever since I moved out here to Texas. So like March, we barely just got into actually we're gonna start dropping the third step on uh, on Tuesdays. It's, it's a lot more a lot of questions. But anyway, so I didn't realize it, but AA it, we went through it pretty quick. Bam, bam, bam. And different people do it differently. And this is just this is my initial time going through the AA twelve steps. So I did them about 30 seconds and I was, I was shocked. I had no idea what was going on, <laughs> but I knew that, I, I mean, I, I, I knew that I, I, I meant what I had said, right? Um, I knew I had a drug and alcohol problem. Uh, I, I had grown up in the church, so I knew that God was the solution to my problem. I knew that I was just failing to live that out. And I didn't know much, but I knew that I wanted to remain in recovery. The neighbors here. Yeah. I didn't know much, but I knew that I wanted to remain in recovery, and that's all it really took to begin the process, right? It's, it's willingness, it's just making a conscious decision to go after this thing. So I continued to work the 12 steps. I did them pretty quick. Like I said, I've done them a few times now, and I continue to surrender my life to God because I always seem to mess it up when I live according to my will. I always mess it up. Um, I'm by no means perfect at this. Some days I don't even feel good at it, to be quite often, right? But it's my daily goal. And I truly do want to remain in recovery, and I truly do want to remain in relationship with God. So I surrender to the best of my abilities, and I think that's what it is. It's the surrender to the best of your abilities. I've talked on it here before. Um, and it's something borrowed from the Oxford group. And it talks about to surrender as much of yourself as you can to as much as you understand of God. I think that's a good way for reading the, reading the third step. But I think that's a good, uh, I think it's a good suggestion too. You know, to the best of our abilities, we surrender as much of ourselves as we can to God. And I know the Bible tells us to love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's something to attain for. <laughs> it's something to strive for. But through the grace of God, uh, you know, I, I continue to build upon the surrender that I had begun that night, right? I'm building on that initial surrender. I'm building on that grace and mercy of God. So no matter what I try to do, I try to remember where my help comes from. My help comes from God above. He's far more faithful than I will ever be. He is far better at recovery than I can ever hope to be. So for me, recovery is all about learning to rest in that certainty to rest in the certainty of God's care and the certainty of the faithfulness of God. And a quick verse here from Psalm 121 verses 1 and 2. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So the psalmist remembered that and I think, I think we should too. Well, this is a quick invitation. You're at a place where you realize your personal powerlessness and you know that you need God's help. So if you're there, you just know that you're hurting inside and you don't want, you don't, you don't want that hurt to continue, I would recommend taking the following steps. Admit and confess that you're hopelessly lost and cannot manage your life successfully. Admit to yourselves. Believe upon Jesus Christ as your only hope for life and salvation. Turn to him and lay your life upon his mercy. Trust in him and learn to rely upon him for all your wants 
and needs. Now, I, I, all I did there was just take those first three steps and just kind of, you know, unpack them a little bit more. Because um, sometimes people can get hung up on the, uh, the specific language or the specific program or whatever. But if we just get down to the, if we get down to the basics of it, we're admitting and confessing that we're lost and we need help. We can't manage our own lives. We're admitting that. We're admitting that we need help from God, a higher power. And returning our life and learning to lay our lives upon him and us trusting and relying upon him for our wants and our needs. And then after that, I would say that always remember, you know, always remember that you need the help of God. Read the Bible, pray, pursue God's will over yours. Read spiritual literature, do the 12 steps. If you don't do the 12 steps, do whatever you do. Seek out a fellowship where you can find like-minded individuals who will help you and encourage you in your recovery, right? You can go there, find a mentor, find people to work with, and then pass this message on to the next person. So I think that's really kind of the recovery process boiled down into uh, just eight quick little, little bullet points. And just remember, this is a lifelong process, but it can begin today. Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation, right? It can happen today. But I would say that today is the day of recovery. Today can be the first day of the, the, the first day of this recovery and this sobriety journey. It can begin today. And you can make, make your peace with God, surrender to him and his irresistible love. And one last little verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. And that's Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. That's another place that I obviously see the uh, a good cross-reference for the third step. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Reformed and Recovered podcast. For more content, follow us on Facebook and YouTube.